Welcome to episode 922 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Thursday, April 29th. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Do you have any saves? I have zero saves. Oh, okay. Cool. Just got to do a save check there. <laughs> yeah. Make sure uh, make sure we're, where we're at with everything. You should have just drafted Matt Barnes, okay? Yeah. You know, we're going to talk about him in a bit. Uh, he's out of his mind. Uh, we're going to dive right in. We got got news and notes, plenty of interesting stuff, obviously, with uh, minor leagues about to get situated. We're getting some assignments for top prospects. We'll talk about that. And then I want to get into your Roto Write-Up streaming record so far. You're off to a fantastic start. Um, obviously, you know, the majority of people play in 10 and 12 team leagues, and that's kind of your your key focus for these streams. And you've been out of your mind. So we're going to get into that in a little bit and talk about streaming in general. I want to get your thoughts on both um, shallower and mid-tier leagues, but also deep league streaming and and how you feel. What do you think about its viability this year as well? Uh, but let's just start at the top with our news. Jazz Chisholm goes on the IL because, and this is a stone-cold fact, we can't have nice things. We simply cannot. Um, and, you know, it's just frustrating. He gets a hamstring. He's starting to pop off really, you know, show what the uh, what the Jazz Chisholm experience can be like, and then he gets hurt. And that's so frustrating. Leads the National League in steals with seven, has four homers, 290, 375, 551 slash line, and boom, he's gone. Nothing good happens ever. Um, <laughs> obviously, with Jazz Chisholm, you got to ride it out. You know, for as long as you can with a hamstring injury. But I'm more interested, in kind of, in your in your long-term thoughts on Jazz for 2021, um, and then maybe, you know, dynasty situation. But as far as 2021 goes, this injury is not supposed to be crazy. I mean, a hamstring can, you know, can be bad and can linger, but they're not saying like, oh wow, he's down for you know a month. It's two weeks right now. We're going to kind of go from there. How do you feel about what Jazz Chisholm is going to offer the rest of the year once he gets back? I mean, I think his production is going to be up and down, but what we've seen right here, I think, is kind of a ceiling, right? It's a guy who could be a potential 25-25 type player. Uh, I mean, obviously, he's out of his mind. I don't anticipate him having a 290 batting average for much of the season, um, but... Strikes out a lot. So Yeah, he strikes he, out a lot. Um, but, he's running a really high bat, bit. And, yeah, and he's running a really high bat, bit, but... On the plus side, he's walking at a double-digit rate. Yeah, which is great for the steals. Mm -hmm. So, like, I do think that he's going to be very good and productive, and it doesn't matter where you drafted him. You did not draft him usually in the top 20 rounds of a draft. Oh, so, no. like, this is just no. a huge boon. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, I, I've i been a big Jazz Chisholm guy in the past. I didn't get very many shares this year, especially once the price went up. But uh, I'm... I'm excited. Like, I think he's a really fun player. I think he's, uh, you know, a, a lot of the concerns I think with him in the scouting committee was kind of like uh, attitude wise, but he seems to uh, be a fan favorite and a team favorite. And I think he's going to uh, way, way, way overproduce where you drafted him out. Yeah, it, it certainly looks like that. And hopefully, you know, again, after two weeks, it's, again, it looks like he is going to be out for two weeks here. So a little bit longer than the uh, than the minimum stay on the I.L., but hopefully it is a quick one that kind of gets him back and doesn't hamper him on the bases with a hamstring. You know, I, I like when this uh, when these when these samples kind of line up here. He had 21 games last year and he has 21 games so far this year. 
and you can't find two more disparate samples. Last year, he had a 161, 242, 321 uh, with two homers, two steals. And then this year, he's got the numbers that I, I mentioned earlier, uh, adding up to a 926 OPS with the four homers, seven steals. And, you know, if he had reversed them, he'd have been overdrafted because people would have put way too much stock into the 21 mm -hmm. games. A instead, he was discounted because of it. Yeah. And the bottom line is that neither sample should have had any weight mm -hmm. whatsoever. Um, you should have drafted him based on whether or not you thought he was going to make the team. Then what it was clear he was, you draft him kind of based on his minor leagues and his, um, you know, projected scouting and everything like that. Um, that 21 games should have played virtually no role in anything that you did. Um, and I, and I, lo I love when we get the exact same sample to show why it's, uh, it, it's, it's too much to, to try to use a 62 plate appearance sample to derive anything about a player. So I agree with you. I think there's a lot of upside here. You know, you mentioned 25, 25, I think he can be more of like the 20, 30 or 20, 35 type of guy. I think that steel, that yeah. speed is going to, going to tilt a little bit higher while the power catches up. The average can, can be at risk though. Cause it's 390 OB, uh, BABIP, excuse me, 390 BABIP and 31% strikeout rate, you know, his the, the X batting but, average is 248. There you go. That's all you need to say. It's 248 there because the former needs to maintain to counterbalance the latter as far as that BABIP and strikeout rate go, and it's probably not going to happen. So when he comes back, I think plan for like a 245, but with power and speed, and the walk rate certainly keeps that speed opportunity, those speed opportunities coming because his OBP should be pretty good. And, uh, and, and he's been leading off. So oh, wow, you love that. Yeah, the last seven games before hitting the IL, he was in the leadoff spot for the Marlins. I really hope this isn't too bad then. I really, really do. It I doesn't mean, sound like it. I mean, yeah, like Mattingly I said, said he's going to be back fairly quickly. Everything I'm reading says about two weeks, and then you go from there. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll see. Hopefully he comes back quicker than that. Uh, staying on the injury train, Marco Gonzalez, Seattle Mariners pitcher, is going to be out. Uh, he hit the IL with a, what was it, uh, forearm. Forearm strain, you never like to see that. Mm -hmm. um, it can be a lot of different things. It's not instantly, it, just because it can be a precursor to TJ doesn't mean we immediately run to that. Um, he's going to miss a few starts. It's not good. He was kind of uh, hit and miss so far this year. Um, a lot of these guys that, that kind of live off that command and control uh, have been struggling. Kyle Hendricks mm -hmm. is another. We're going to get into him soon. And he's Marco Gonzalez, kind of a left-handed Marco, uh, kind of a left-handed Kyle Hendricks. Had really smoothed out recently, though. His first two starts were bad against the Giants in Minnesota. He allowed 12 runs in 10 and a third. Since then, he'd allowed five runs in 18 innings. So he was smoothing out the 5.40 ERA. That that's the thing. If you have two duds, it can take a while to work off. So unless you were having him on your fantasy roster or you go into the game log and kind of look at those last three games, you might not have realized that he had a 250 ERA uh, in his last 18 innings. He had smoothed out, but now he gets hurt. Marco Gonzalez with a forearm strain. Are you hanging on to him in NFBC style leagues with no IL? Um, I think I will as long as I don't have any other injuries. But okay. I, I mean, if you've got two or three other injuries, I don't think you can. I'd like to wait as long as I can to see if we have a little bit more information about how serious this is. But mm -hmm. whenever you're forum training, you think Tommy John and uh, it's not like he's a guy like that is game changing upside that 
like if you drop him and someone picks him up, they're going to win him. The, that's going to win them the league. So I'm less inclined to keep him as opposed to stashing him if I really need that roster spot. Yeah, you definitely look and prioritize your injuries. Um, and BC style, I mentioned, you know, there's no IL. But what about, you know, and then in, in other leagues where you only have a certain amount of ILs, he's going to fall pretty low on the priority list. Um, if you're talking about having like Yelich and Soto, that's obviously a no brainer, but you know, you're obviously keeping jazz over Gonzalez. If there's only one IL spot available, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. It's not, not even close there. So, you know, try to keep him if you can, but he does become somebody who is on tap to be cut. Not so much because of the 540 ERA, because like I said, he really had, turn the corner there after the first two dud starts. And I do think he can be a ratios guy, but I think also the, the surface numbers of a 540 ERA and a 134 whip will make it so that he's not sought after on the wire yeah. too much. He's especially while hurt. Yeah. So I definitely think that, that you can move on from Gonzalez in a lot of situations. If you desperately need that roster spot, hang on as long as you can don't cut just for the sake of cutting. But if you're really up against it, I think Gonzalez starts to be somebody that you can cut in a lot of formats, including like a 15-teamer. Yep. I, I, th- I think there'll be some main event cuts of Marco Gonzalez. He was already on the wire in a, in a few main event teams. Oh, okay. People had already moved off. Wow. Yeah. I think that's a little premature personally, but uh, it it's going it, to go up even more this week then. Um, all right. Ryan Weathers leaves his start early with joint inflammation, which is kind of annoying for the folks that uh, you know scooped him up this week hoping to get a good outing against the Arizona Diamondbacks for their new rookie starter, and he gets hurt. Um, supposed to not be too bad. Almost said it almost felt like dead-armed and fatigued is what Jace Tingler said. So he comes out after just like an inning or so. Um, it doesn't – there's no news that suggests he's going to the IL right now. So I guess, you know, play it by ear and we'll see what's what. A lot of folks obviously play weekly leagues, can't do anything right now anyway. In daily leagues, are you cutting and running in like uh, 10 and 12s if you were picking him up? And maybe just as like a, you know, he's kind of in between. He, he's somebody who can definitely graduate from being a streamer really quickly. But is Ryan Weather somebody that off of this news that you would cut in a 10 or 12 teamer? I think so. Uh, especially if, I, if I'm looking for volume or to stream. Yeah, he's probably a guy I just let go back to the wire. This was super concerning when it happened. I mean, he uh, was throwing 92 when he had been yeah. throwing 95 earlier this season. So, uh, and they, there was no like event that triggered this. They just, pitching coach walked out there and, and just took him out. Um, so, yeah, um, I know they're saying it's just some sort of joint inflammation, uh, but it is, I believe, in his elbow, uh, which is a bit scary. Uh, yeah. I'm probably moving on in most formats uh, if yeah. I need that spot. I, I think so, too. And again, you know, weekly leagues, you'll get clarification or hopefully get some clarification before the weekend to make a more informed decision. But if you're in dailies and, and like I said, you're just kind of picking him up, thinking that he could maybe be somebody who sticks with your team. I cut now and then I'll revisit. And if I happen to lose Weathers because I'm, I moved on and picked up another streamer and he turns out to be OK, that's a risk I'm willing to take uh, because I don't think that 
Uh, I don't think that he's like so amazing that, oh my God, I have to keep him. I, d I was excited about his upside though, because it looks like he has an opportunity to have the fifth starters role for a while, but we got to see where we're at with this injury. So hold tight as long as you can, but if you need that roster spot in the next couple of days, I totally get it, 10 and 12 teamers especially. Uh, Rowdy Telez was sent down from the Jays. He's been off to a impossibly bad start. Um, and then with, with George Springer returning, Telez was was the choice here. Now, there have been other guys that have been struggling, but you know, I never really thought that Guriel would go down. And no, it's not just because I like him. I just think he has more value to the team. Um, overall, he had a homer as well. Hopefully, it's the beginning of turning it around. I didn't think Biggio would get sent down either. Like Those three are all struggling, and Telez was the odd man out. I mean, he doesn't offer any defensive value. And so I think that that plays a role too. Um, like I said, he's been awful. I was pretty excited about him coming into the year. There were some big strikeout gains last year, and and I was hoping that there was some legitimacy to those to go with his power. I knew playing time was going to be a little finicky, especially if everybody was healthy, but then Teoscar was hurt, so Grichuk could play and Telez could play, but he's just been he's been bad. I mean, 37 WRC plus. It's it's so awful. It's 63 plate appearances. Do I think he could work through it if if there was a green light to just play on a, like a different team. Sure. But the Jays can't really afford that. So they made the move. Um, I think he's kind of an obvious cut in every format. Yeah, I think so. I would kind of keep an eye on him. Right. So yeah. Oh, for sure. To maybe reacquire. Yeah, for sure. Cause I, I do think that, I mean, he's gotten unlucky. I mean, in this, you know, this stretch, uh, you know, while he's what hitting 183, his, his ex batting average is 230. Uh, his exit velocity is uh, average exit velocity is in the top one percent of the league, and max exit velocity in the top six percentile of the league. Uh, he's barreling the ball at a 13 percent rate, hard hit percentage 62.2, top one percent of the league. Uh, so like, I mean, I there's been some really bad luck, but. I also think this is a guy that, um, you know, the, he's going to go through stretches like these, right? So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's not necessarily a guy that makes a crap ton of contact, uh, though his contact in the zone this year has actually been over 90%, almost 91%. I think he would have been fine if they had just let him work through it. Uh, and so I think he will be back up at some point, uh, and I think he'll be good, so... You can drop him, especially if you don't have deep benches. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, I would be ready to snag him the moment he's back up. Yeah, he's definitely something. I mean, I have him on many teams. So it's a decision I'm going to be making. And I think it, it's going to really depend on, to be dependent on my team in general. Um, I think in, in some of the 12s where I got him, it'll be an easy cut because um, I've also been hit by some injuries. So we'll see what's on the wire, though. It's looking like another thin week, at least right now. We'll see if guys develop over the over the course of the next four days um, that become free agent interesting. But right now, I'm, I'm not seeing a ton on the wires that I'm like, ooh, let me, let me cut these injured guys for these slugs. So, yeah, I hope he comes back, too. Like I said, I really loved him coming into the year. So a 5% homer to 5-ball rate is pretty unlucky. 227 BABIP. Um, you mentioned that he's smacking the heck out of the ball. So hopefully he goes down, gets right. Um, spring, tra or spring training. Minor league start in less than a week, right? May 4th? 
Yes, I believe so. So, you know, a little a couple game a couple days at the alt site, then actually get back into some actual game action at AAA. That'll be great as well. Cuz, you know, I don't know. For some reason I just I'm I'm leery of the alt site. It's just different when you're not going against anybody that isn't your teammate, you know. No, but they are. Teams are doing like oh, inner oh. squad scrimmages. Okay. So there are points. Okay. So I like the the, the Giants in uh, like the A's are doing like, you know, old site, you know, uh, games and stuff like that. Um, you know, teams that are close to each other. Like, okay, are, are I thought it little, was just, uh, I think last year because of COVID, uh, yeah, that was, you know, it was mostly you were just going up against, but I've seen a, some video of, you know, different teams going against each other. Uh, you know, all this alt site travels to that alt site type thing. Okay. Okay. Well, then that's that is better than than what I thought it was. So I thought I thought just like hanging out, doing like extended practices and scrimmages. I'm like, oh, you're not going to get a lot of value there. All right. So we'll see what happens there with Telez. I agree with you. Keep him on your watch list. In fact, uh, as the league I cut him, I'm clicking that little I button next to him to make sure that he's on my watch list. I won't forget about him, but I just make sure I don't because uh, we'll see how he goes. His teammate Vlad Jr is a god and um yeah he's pretty good at this that's why uh Telez hasn't been playing much first base because vlad out here just chilling at first beasting and absolutely killing and the breakout is upon us and um you know my one of my big comments about him you know going into the year was man we're really having to pay Mm -hmm. for it like uh with the price that he has like you're paying uh, for for the production, like he needs to come through, and you know, at the kind of late in in draft season, and I wasn't really able to cash in on it. I, I moved him up a bit. I had him down pretty low at first base, and if, if you subscribe to our Patreon, you, you would have seen that move. And I was just like, I'm gonna go up a little bit. I, I while I do not have him anywhere, I've been known to kind of bet on the raw talent of guys before. And I felt like I was being a little um, contradictory from having done it with previous guys before, even though they hadn't fully shown it just because I fully believed in their profiles. And it's not like I don't believe in Vlad. So I put I had him 14 in the in the rank that's on the site. By the time the the first base was done and we were, uh, you know, done with draft season, I'd moved him all the way up to seven. Still too low. (laughs) He probably should have been what, two. He's been out of his mind. But uh yeah, I, I came around. You had him six, so you were there the whole time. Did you get Vlad Jr. anywhere? I only got him uh, in the tag team league, and that's because Shelly wanted him a lot. So, uh, I mean, here's the thing with, you know, regging guy like that sixth or seventh is just because he's the sixth or seventh best first baseman on your rankings doesn't mean that kind of adds up to where you would necessarily take him in mm. a uh, in a draft, right? So, like, yeah, I would take him as the my top six or seventh first baseman, but I wasn't necessarily willing to spend like a top forty five pick on him. Yeah, no, I I feel you, and like the thing of it is, and again, another reason that I felt like, hey man, you're kind of you're kind of being contradictory is. I paid for him a couple of years ago with a higher pick, like a third, fourth round pick. So I was like, you know, 
if you're not fully out on him, you know, just kind of having an inner monologue, then you should move him back up. So, like I said, I moved him back up to seven. Didn't end up with him anywhere, unfortunately. Um, the first base only thing was tough for me, too. I was like, there's so many first basemen that I liked, and he, he's going to need to deliver that power. He's delivering it. So if you believed in Vlad Jr., good on you because you're already getting massive payoff. He's already two homers shy of what he had all last year. And even though that was only a 60-game season, he still has seven in 23 games versus nine in 60. Um, so he's clearly on his way to career year. Question now is, is he second to only Freeman among first basemen? At the moment, he is. You're saying uh, maybe when Bellinger comes back? Uh, yeah, I think Bellinger, especially sure. the speed that Bellinger can provide on top of the power and mm-hmm. hitting in that lineup. But yeah, I, th- I think you have to at this point. I mean, just looking at the list, like I can't imagine if we were redrafting. And I mean, we're going to start drafting again, right? So those of you who play in the second chance leagues. Um, with He's going to be a first round pick. He's Yeah, I think he's going to be first, second round pick. Um so he may be second round just because of speed, um, but I would not. You underrate que- psychos. Yeah, I, I would not question people being willing to take him in the first round. I I wouldn't, but um, yeah, I think he's the number two first baseman at this point, and mm-hmm. there's no reason. Um, and I think you can make the argument that some people will make the argument take him first over Freddie Freeman. I won't do that, but uh, yeah, I think him no. and him and Freeman are one two. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I'm, I'm still not taking him over Freeman. Freeman's got too much of a track record. But I do believe that this is I, – I do believe in the Vlad Jr. breakout here. Small sample, sure. But um, everything we've been waiting for, he's shown you know shown flashes of the elite skills too. Like it, none of this is out of nowhere. So it's hard not to just fully believe in what Vlad's doing. And if he does you know complete it and have the full season, he'll be a first-rounder next year. It'll be late, but he'll be first rounder next yeah, year. Yeah, I, I I tend to agree with that. Um, all right, moving forward, Shane McClanahan called up by the Rays. Interesting pitching prospect. I believe he's supposed to start today against the A's, if I have that correct. Um, you know, knowing them, they'll give him like nine pitches or something. Yeah, it's it's pro- if he's starting, that's not the spot you want him in. Let me pull it up here. Um, we'll be we called to start Thursday versus the Athletics. Yep. So. I just I, I don't know what we can expect from in, innings wise. That's the tough part. Yeah. I imagine that now Rangers manager Kevin Cash noted Wednesday that the 24 year old left hander will be used as a traditional starter, not an opener or piggybacker. Said that he hopes he'll be up for good. Hmm. It's a little that's a bit encouraging. Yeah, that's a bit encouraging there. So let's talk about Shane McClanahan. If he goes out and has a good outing, it's going to put him in focus for a big. Sunday bid mm-hmm. uh, in leagues. Where, where does your interest lie uh, b- ahead of the start right now before before we really get to see it based on Kevin Cash's comment as well? If we're anticipating him as a standard starter who can at least go five with regular regularity, are you in on Shane McClanahan? You putting in a uh, substantial bid? Again, it, it'll change if he gets blown up or if he dominates, but it, let's just say he's he's fine. He's like, Five innings, two runs, four strikeouts, whatever, you know, like a 130 whip or something. Like maybe allows a few too many base runners, but they don't score runs. Yeah. Assess Shane McClanahan after a start like that. 
I think I'd put in a medium-ish bid. I, I mean, there's going to be a ton of strikeouts, right? But I also think that uh, he definitely has uh, control and command issues at times, which will lead to walks and home runs. Uh, and so and he's so young. He's he's only pitched, what, like 18 innings at double A. Um, yeah, but he debuted in the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he pitched four and a third on the play, uh, across the LDS, LCS, and World Series last year, which is so interesting. You know, that we've seen a few guys recently make their debut in the playoffs, which is wild. And then not make the major. And then, yeah, then, and then not come back. Like, it's uh, we, we trust you for the playoffs, but for the regular season, nah. Nah, nah. You got to go. Um, yeah, I'd put it in a medium-ish bid. I mean, there's a there's a crap ton of upside, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I think there's also a, a wide range of outcomes. Uh, he could definitely be a guy that ends up being kind of an elite arm in the bullpen uh, at some True. point in his career. I think it, a lot of folks see that, by the way. There there is some bullpen risk here mm-hmm. that I think a lot of people can definitely see based Which on Which isn't sad risk considering he would probably go to the back end of any bullpen he's in oh so, yeah uh, yeah he can be so nasty uh so yeah i think I, it, it's really encouraging that they're talking about him not being a follower or an opener um, yeah because that's not something we see with tampa bay very often uh you know typically uh, especially these young guys come up and they're not going to throw more than three innings uh at any given time so I'm mostly going to be looking for how long do they let him go into a game? Yeah, um, that's going to be the main main focus of of what we're going to be looking for this uh, on today's start. I mean, the start will be going on or have be or be done by the time you're listening to this, and so I'm going to be keyed in on that without a doubt with regards to Shane McClanahan, and we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, if it's a if it's a great start, the price is going to go way up, and and then I'll be maybe, out. <laughs> maybe you pass, yeah, because if. I'm not paying like any 300 type of deal. No, so if he goes I'm, not, out, I'm not even paying triple digits. Okay. I was going to ask you that next. It's, if he goes out five innings, one hit, and no runs, and eight strikeouts, like have fun paying yeah, for it. Yeah, congratulations for somebody else. Yeah, there's there's no chance. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'm going to take a closer look at it and see what I need. I I, I won't rule out maybe a triple digit bid, but it would be it'd be lower end. This kind of you know, for those of you who don't play in NFBC, and a lot of a lot of our listeners don't play in the NFBC, they're playing in the home leagues, ESPN, Yahoo. Like mm-hmm. this is the time of year to go take a flyer on a prospect you might think is coming up. So yes. because you'd rather spend, you know. $20 or $30 worth of fab on a guy that might be up in a week or two as opposed to spending $100 or when they come up. Yeah, 150 after they come up. So, like right now, if there are guys like this on your waiver wire, obviously it's a bit late for McClanahan himself, but, uh, you know, start looking through, like, you know, prospect lists and looking at the guys who are expected to make debuts uh, this year and, and take some gambles uh, on some guys. He's actually uh, he's actually underway right now as we talk, mm-hmm. and he has a 1-0 lead to work with, and he's through an inning and a third with three strikeouts, no hits, no walks. Oh, oh yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna be a million dollars. <laughs> he's gonna be a million dollars. Have fun, guys. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of the Rays and prospects, a good segue there that you that you had about uh, about what we're looking at. Wander Franco is gonna start in AAA, and that definitely pushes up my thoughts on on whether or not uh 
you know, we're going to see him this year. And I've, I've been saying, like, it wouldn't surprise me if, if he didn't show up this year because the way the Rays are and how young he is and there's guys ahead of him. Being in AAA obviously heightens the the potential that we see him. I, I totally uh, will freely admit that. So we're going to kind of see, you know, how long he needs down there. But also a spot has to open. Like, I don't know. I don't know that they're just going to bring him up and, like, push away Willie Adamas unless Franco goes crazy at AAA. I don't, I don't know if he's just, like, performing well and Adamas, like, starts to get back on track. That's a key part, though, too. If Adamas maintains a 57 OPS plus, that move will become a lot easier um, if Franco's beasting. But I, I don't know. I, I'm still still not trusting of the Rays, man. They're just the, the way they act with prospects. I think it's it's wise to uh, still be cautious, but it is encouraging that he's going to AAA. And uh, I can't imagine there's too many leagues where he's available because he's drafted in just about every league. But if, if somebody got tired of him, check your wire. You never know. Just check your wire and see if somebody got tired of holding Wander Franco. Your best guess at when he'll be up. I know that there's impossible to know. The people that do only prospects for a living, they don't know when guys are going to be called up. And it's not anything against them. It's because teams will say one thing and then an injury will strike up and instantly create a need. That's why there's no way to like have a perfect science to it. When do you kind of reasonably expect Wander to be up? Memorial Day. Okay, wow. So a month? Yeah, I think I think a month. Give him time to uh, play a little bit in uh, uh, in Charlotte. Um, and, or no, no, it's not Charlotte. It's uh, uh, Durham. Uh, so, and, uh, and kind of, and let's see what positions he's playing. Is he just playing shortstop? Does the, do they move him around there mm. and see if they're going to try to give him, you know, some practice playing some other positions to give him more flexibility when he does come up and give the team more flexibility when he does come up. Adamus has been atrocious. He really has. Um, you know, striking out 30% of the time, hitting 173, uh, only walking 5% of the time. So I mean, that's true. I mean, he's been bad. There's no doubt about that. I don't think they want to give up on Adamus, but because uh, he's only 25. Yeah. But that being said, like this is a team that uh, wants to win, um, and with the Yankees struggling, they've got a little bit of an opportunity to try to get ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I don't expect them to just bury Adamus down there until like midsummer. Now it. it- you mean? Oh, sorry, Franco. sorry, Franco. Yeah. So Adams has a two twenty four BABIP. I, I think they can look and see. Like, let's see if that can smooth out. His play profile is rough, though. Thirty percent strikeouts, five percent walks. Like that's that's really tough. That's too many of one and not enough of the other for sure. So something's got to give there. If he doesn't turn it around, have the hit start falling, he could be out of a job. Like I, you know, Wander Franco is a G. He goes down. He is like a. 1,000 OPS for the first two weeks, I think it's a GG. And uh, and Adamus will be pushed to the side a little bit. You make a great call about uh, paying attention to where he's playing as well. Because if he is bouncing around, that would only add to the quickness with which Franco could come up because they could move him to different spots. So we'll keep a close eye on that. Uh, another prospect, Bobby Witt, is going to start at A. So again... Not too far away. Um, I think that that puts him in line to get up this year if he does well. He could even come directly from double A, depending how well he performs. But 
there's less of an opening there because, uh, well, actually he's, he's, he's toned down a little bit, but Nicky Lopez has not been horrendous. He's actually been his, the best he's played still below average. He was trending above average for a little bit there. Um, but he's kind of been up and down, but yeah, you know, playing decent defense, they don't have Mondesi either. So it's like they can get Mondesi back and then call Witt up and completely change their, uh, their, their keystone combo, move Whit Merrifield to the outfield. But we'll see what they do there. Witt at double A, what's your expectation of what he could be up this year? I think he could be up around the same time uh, I think Franco can be up. So, Despite uh, being a level lower, right? Yeah. I mean, we've seen teams just, you know, all out skip triple A yeah. at times. So, yeah. uh, I mean, and there was, there was talk that there was a chance he could break uh, camp with the team because he was just hitting out of his mind in spring training. So... I don't expect him to be down a super long time. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually scooped him up in an OC. You and I are in together. Uh, that after you had dropped him, um, wait, 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 just wait, in wait, case. wait, 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 wait. I don't think that's that, that's where I had him. In our beat, Colin Weatherwax. Sure. Pretty sure. Hang on, let me see if you took him from me. I will, I will lobby the board to get him back. Say, I, I, re I rescind that cut just because Justin got him. <laughs> you think they'll let me do that? No, no, no. I didn't take him in that one. No, 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 oh, no. so somebody else took yeah, him yeah. and dropped Actually, him. Who did, though? I can't find him. When you look at the draft board of the Beacon Weatherlax League, he wasn't drafted. The only wit that shows up is Whitgren. Remember when we thought oh. he was going to do something? But then, no. For, oh, you know what? It might be the other OC that I'm in. I was going to say, in order for you in. to pick him up, he had to have been drafted by somebody because otherwise in NFBC, you can't just pick up a minor leaguer before he's called up. They have to have been drafted and cut or up. So, yeah, that, that one wasn't me. I did cut him in a league. And when you said that the other day, I was like, dang it, did he get him? Because I had him in, in three leagues and I, I knew two of them were OCs and so I couldn't remember. But no, you did not get him from me. Whew. Thank God. That would be embarrassing. Well, that makes it less sweet. I know. That's I love that. I I like that. That's, you don't it, feel as great about it. No, now I'm now I'm very upset. I spent seventeen dollars worth of that. Yeah, yeah. That's uh that that's a that's a real bummer. Get smoked. Yeah. yeah, that's weird that I was even able to pick him up because he was not drafted. He wasn't drafted in that, in that league either. In our in the ROC ROC yeah um, that's in the beat Colin Weatherwax league that. Uh, how did I pick him up? Oh, you know what? It may have been before the start of the season. Uh, can you pick him up? You can pick him up before yep. then. Okay. Prior, prior to the start of the season. You that very first, up, so. uh, mm -hmm. update. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, all right. Moving on from Bobby Witt to Spencer Torkelson. He'll start in high A. I don't think he comes up this year. Do you? Um, no, no, no. I don't, I don't think so. There's just no I, reason. There's just no real reason. Uh, the go back, going back to Bobby Witt, oh. um, the last update we had on Mondesi was he had not yet started to swing a bat. Yeesh. So, if you know, and the Royals are a team that are competing right now. They're fifteen. Yeah, and eight. no, they've been great. Like they, they, uh, and so if they decide, hey, maybe our window of opportunity has come quicker than we expected it to. Uh, they could decide, especially if he just starts off hot, just to bring him up. Yeah, I mean, I I, I can certainly, I can certainly see a quick rise. Um, 
because he was on the cusp of making the team, uh, Bobby Witt was. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, keep a close eye on him and, you know, the other shares that I do have. That was There was one that I cut. The other two, I'm, I'm sticking at this point now that we're, now that we're going to get some spring training. I just, I just got stuck in a position where I had to in, in the one league. It's a bummer, but it's all right. I'll live. Um, all right, yeah, so Spencer Torkelson, he's going to start in high A. That, that's cool and all, but. Maybe he's up in September. May, yeah, maybe that, but otherwise, I just I don't see it. I don't see. Yeah. It. Um, all right, moving on from the call up or from the uh, prospects here, got some couple questions for you. First one, positive end. Is Matt Barnes a top tier closer? Um, I mean top tier. Well, let me give you the uh, let me give you the numbers. And also, while I'm, while I'm pulling up these numbers, consider the fact that. Catching is absolute garbage, or uh, closing is that closers are absolute garbage. Catching is too, but <laughs> closers are absolute garbage. He has catching is not as bad as we thought it was. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess there have been some guys that have, have you know either tickled trickled back up or um, just performing out of nowhere. So you're right, it has been better than expected. Uh, six saves leads the American League. In his 14 innings, Matt Barnes has a 2.57 ERA, a .57 WHIP, 25 strikeouts, and three walks, five hits allowed. He's been out of his mind. And the the biggest number there that I mentioned is the smallest one, three walks. That's the most important yeah. aspect here because walks have, have really held him back. I mean, he's had good seasons, right? It's not like Matt Barnes has just been eternally trash. But the last two years, he's walked over five per nine. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that's rough. Like, it's just – it's it's going to foster a bad whip unless you just allow no hits, which he did not do. Yeah. So he's been elite so far. Is he a top tier closer? You know, the rest of the way here. I mean, uh, and top I tier. Tend... What else? Well, we'll say top tier is like top eight ish, top seven. I I don't know. I guess you know. I think he is at the moment, but I don't know. I just I just don't trust that. Twenty percent uh, swinging strike rate. Uh, well, and I mean, like he's given up four earned runs, right? Yeah. Um. Three of them came in one outing. That's even better. Uh, so like I mean, off he's, day. yeah, and considering he's had thirteen outings, and so in twelve of his thirteen outings, he's given up zero uh, earned runs except for one. That, <laughs> one. They came on so one pitch too. It was a Cal State yeah. three run shot. So like, yeah, I mean, it still counts and everything. We're not trying to say that to say like, no, but, but, but it's, it's such an it's isolated just how impressive thing. he's been. Yeah, it's one. It's like literally one mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, all year so far ended up being crushed by Kyle Seeger. By the way, another strikeout for Willie Dominguez. He has no clue what he's doing. I feel mm-hmm. so bad. Really liked him coming into the year. Um, yeah, Adamus's issue is he is he's trying to put every ball over the fence. Uh, like over he's the fence trying to pull and get he, ten yeah, homers for it. He he wants everything yeah. to be made up in one fell swoop, and you just can't. He's trying to put everything in the air, and he's trying to pull everything um, and yank it, and he just needs to like, yeah, the hitting coach needs to sit him down and be like, "Listen, let's try to use all fields." Did you did here. you see the swing on this? Do you have this game? I on? did did not. Okay, because you on. just described so perfectly where he's at yeah. that I thought for sure you had seen it. You can tell. It. I've I've seen enough of him this year because I've been watching a lot of Randy Rosarena Me too. and <laughs> I watch Meadows. I watch a lot of Rays mainly because of Rosarena, but I just have Rays all over the place. And they're fun to watch. And, yeah. and I like Adamas. Yeah, me too. I mean, me to too. be honest. I, yeah. I got him in leagues. I cut him in one already, but uh, it was a super shallow league. The others I'm, I'm kind of holding, but 
you, you described it perfectly as far as him pulling off, clearly trying to get under it, just completely missing it, head mm-hmm. moved. Uh, I'm not like great at analyzing hitting, but anybody can look at that and be like, that was not a good swing. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, you you look at the launch angle, it's up twenty six up you know, up to twenty six and it's just not like he's he just trying he's Ryan Chimfing it. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And um he needs to just get some base hits, keep playing steady defense. Yep. I think they'll give him some time here. Like again, I don't think Wander's gonna be up tomorrow. If he no. can get back on track, but if he keeps hitting like this, because he's a he's he's a, he's an above average defender. Yeah, so, that's the I thing. Yeah, you know, his defense will keep him in the games uh, for now, but he definitely needs to make an approach change. No doubt. Uh, if if he wants to succeed, to- totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, so, but back put, to putting Barnes. the ball on Barnes <laughs> um, again. Your answer could be yes, based on where we're at with closers, but I also think that I mean the skills here are unimpeachable. So far, yeah. it's a matter of if you think that they're, he's going to be able to hold some of these gains here with a 50%, literally a 50% strikeout rate, 6% walk. Um, obviously, he's got, you know, great BABIP and all that sort of, you know, interestingly enough, he only has a 61% left on base rates because nobody got on. And nobody then, gets on base. And then, he, and then he allowed that three-run homer, right? So like that, that three-run homer sank it. So it's funny that that's actually a low number for him. Um, but yeah. Rest of the way, do you do you view him as a you know top eight, top ten closer for Matt? Parker? Yeah, I, I would say probably top ten because at the moment he appears locked in the role. Ottavino hasn't been great, though he's looked up a little bit better. I don't even think he's as next of late. Up. I think Garrett Whitlock has has jumped him. Yeah, he, he could be. Um, I do think he gets traded at some point, uh, and so it kind of depends on wait, 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 where wait, wait. he. They're sixteen and nine. Yeah, do you really think they're going to compete with this team? I mean, of course I don't. But they have to fall off okay. completely. It's still we're 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 a month in. I like, know the, the offense is killing it. That's the part that the offense is great. Agree um, is good, and Garrett Richards is amazing. He had one good start. Was, yeah, I know, but it was a great. It start. was, and apparently there was some talk about how he's not a fan of the cold weather. And, and mm-hmm. was kind of ill-prepared for Boston. Either are you. I'm not. So, and I love Gary I mean, Richards. I mean, hey, it all, yeah. it's all adding up for us to be best friends. Yeah, I mean, he, he is what he is at this point. He's a guy when his mechanics are clean uh, and he's got good feel for pitches, he's going to be great. But then when he doesn't, he can't find the zone. But Eovaldi's been great. Pavetta. Pavetta has – he's been great ERA-wise. It is so fraudulent. I could not get out mm-hmm. fast enough. 281 ERA. 125 whip that right there it doesn't add up like that whip is telling you that that era is is jacked then you get into the deeper skills you see 25 strikeouts in 25 and two-thirds cool but 17 walks are we not going to talk about pavetta's at bat against jacob de <sighs> do we have to dude how do they fail how do they fail to grom every fifth day how is it perfectly every fifth day that they completely fail him dude <laughs> it's unbelievable. Now, on the positive side for Pavetta, he is up to a 95% or 95 velo, 94.6. We're on it up. I mean, that, that's mm-hmm. back on track to what he was. It was down last year. He's back to where he was. But the walk rate, 16%. That's insane. So a 233 Babip is doing a lot of work for him. And the homers will come. I, I, the homers I don't will trust come. Him. I don't trust him at all. So at all. I can give some love to Yavaldi, who I think will be good as long as he's healthy, but. 
We don't know how long that'll be. I agree with you that Garrett Richards is going to be kind of up and down guy, but I think he's going to be like a mid mid fours, maybe low fours ERA, which is fine. Uh, Eduardo should be good as well. I don't trust Pavetta. Martin Perez has not been very good. The bullpen is the part that could actually be the surprise, though, because bullpens can come out, out of nowhere. They they do all mm-hmm. the time. And I thought their bullpen was going to be the literal worst, um, you know, outside of like Barnes and Adovino. And I didn't even think they were going to be particularly great. I just thought like they're they're capable arms and then who knows what else they got. But they've got this uh, Hirokazu Sawamura who's been really nice for them. Matt Andrees has been insane for them. Uh, Garrett Whitlock, who I mentioned earlier, who I think is actually next up for the closers role, has been a godsend. He has 13 and a third scoreless with 18 strikeouts and two walks. Uh, so they're getting some like reasonable pitching. Yeah, I don't have them at winning the East or anything, but going back to your comment about trading Barnes, they got to fall off really big to trade him. And I just don't know that that's going to happen. I think their offense is, is too good to let to have a complete meltdown. Yeah, I mean... Do, do you think that they trade places with the Yankees? Like, the, you know, the, Yan- the Yankees go on a hot run. Atrocious, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think they... I mean, they could trade places with the Yankees. They could trade places with the Blue Jays. Um, Let me say this, then. He might get traded, but surely he'd be traded to be a closer when he's pitching this well. It depends. I mean, you know... I mean, sure, it what does, team... but the, the, the higher percentage is that he would be. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think I think a team like Atlanta um, would be very interested in. Uh, and weren't they the ones who traded for Workman? Yeah, uh, no, that um, was Philly. So, that was Philly. Oh, that was Philly. Um, so, so they got Pavetta. That's right. Uh, yeah, I think a team like Atlanta could be uh, could get interested. Um, a team like the A's could get interested. Especially you know, losing Rosie, got, yeah. Yeah, a guy in their lap, you know, he's in the last year of his deal. Uh, so, uh, before he, you know, hits free agency next year. So, Good call. Uh, he's not going to be super expensive. He's making um, 4.5 this year. So, you know, get trades, gets traded in July. You're thinking two something. The A's, yeah, one, well, and Boston would eat it. I was going to say the A's prospect, could, yeah. could tell Boston to eat some of that and entice the, uh, the better return there. So, you know, he could get traded, but I, I don't know that that necessarily deters him from, from closing. So I, I really think Barnes has has pushed himself up. It's early, but you make you got to make quick moves on, on relievers um, as far as... Full disclosure, I traded him yesterday. Oh, you did? What, what'd you get? I got Jared Kalenic. Oh, I don't have any problems with that. Yeah, yeah it was just... I love that. Yeah, I, I, I was crushing it in saves and... Uh, so it's not TGF. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, no. It's my three sport. Uh, trade one of my three sport leagues. You couldn't trade him to your TGFBI team. You I couldn't wish. Finagle that oh, somehow. God. Yeah, I, I need that. I mean, it's it's so bad. It's 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 wild. I'm in so much trouble that in TGFBI. But yeah, you know, if you got Barnes right now and he's your main closer, I I think you can trust him for a good while right now. The skills are are really fantastic to where I don't see this being. You know, super fake. I, I think there's a lot to mm-hmm. believe in. There'll be some smoothing out, sure, but you know, I don't think it's going to be like sharp regression to 2020, 2019 level because if, the way he's commanding and controlling the ball, he's not walking guys. I don't know that the walks are just go- unless he has a mechanical thing that 
that flubs. I think it would be an unforeseen situation now to send Barnes back up to those gaudy walk rates based on what we've seen thus far. So I've been impressed. Uh, definitely not a guy I was really looking at. I didn't want any part of Boston's situation. And hats off to those who took Barnes. You probably did it begrudgingly, but hey, some of our best picks are the ones that were like, ah, mm-hmm. I got to take this dude in need. And you don't know anybody. I mean, think about the people who got him like late in draft season after he got had the COVID, yeah, um, you know, and uh, issue. And uh, he, I mean, he was going outside top three hundred. Those, those people are just loving life right you now. You don't know any of it, uh, anybody an explanation when you pop off and and hit something, even if it wasn't your main target. You know that because yeah. everyone gets that, and you just you eat those up and say, "Hey, I made the pick, didn't I?" So uh, yep. enjoy Matt Barnes. I really do think he's going to be. Uh, pretty solid the rest of the way. Uh, all right, what's wrong with Kyle Hendricks? Oh man, I I really don't know. This is, I mean, is this just finally the end? Here's the thing. So I was actually on a uh, a, a betting show yesterday on on MLB with with Matt Vasgersian, and he asked me for three picks. I went one for three, so that sucked. But uh, one of them was the Cubs against the Braves, and I was like. Listen, with Hendricks, it's been two up, two down. And one of his downs was against the Braves, but it's like, you know, I don't necessarily think that they have his number or anything. And his most recent start was pretty good. And I was like, you know, I think they can get going. I'd seen that they'd been hitting sliders a lot lately. And we know that uh, uh, Hoscar, you know, is a two-pitch pitcher. And they had beaten him. Like, his one bad start was against the Cubs. That's not why I picked them. Uh, I actually hadn't seen that before I turned in my uh, my picks to them. But he went out and dealt, and and Hendricks got smoked. And the volatility is the tough part. Uh, you look at it, it's like three three runs in three innings, six scoreless, seven runs in four innings, six and two, or, or two runs in six, rather, and then seven runs in three and two-thirds yesterday. It's just the, the, the guardrail, the guardrail right now, is it just going to be volatile, uh, the volatility of, like, back and forth like this, and then he's going to wind up with, a, like, a mid to high fours ERA? Because that's not playable. Hmm. I'm like I, I know the velocity is down, um, which for a guy who already didn't have very much velocity, that's a it's bit concerning. Not good. Like there's there's not a ton so in his anything pitch mix. with um, saying that he doesn't have feel for like one of his changeups or something. like. Is there anything out there on him that that? people are talking about like are you seeing anything he's just not i haven't seen anything but he's just not commanding within the zone um like at all uh and you know he's leaving pitches in really bad spots and and they're just getting crushed i'm not dropping him okay but uh i definitely am not starting him for a little bit especially because he has the dodgers next week yeah so he yeah he hits he hits the reserves in in Pretty much all formats. Yeah, I, mean, I think you should still hold even in tens right now. Like he he's still thirty one. It's not like he should be just completely falling off a cliff. But again, this goes back to earlier conversations we had about guys like Zach Plesac, right? Like the margin for error for these guys who are you know have bad fastballs, but you know either you know elite control, or elite command. Things start to go a little haywire, and you're gonna get crushed, mar- and that's what we've seen. Margin has always been small, and yeah, he's always good for a few blowups every year, and yet he's still, you know, 
he figures it out. Kyle Hendricks does, and that's why he's put up so many mm-hmm. great ERAs. And he he did feel like one of the more trustworthy pitchers this year. And people were not only seeing him for the for the ratios, but thinking, hey, if you're talking about guys who could lead the league in innings, he's got to be up there, right? Yeah. And uh, it's been a nightmare. I, I I just wish I had more, and maybe I need to get in, do some of my own research, and and watch some of these starts because I, I just it's so bad, and I can't really figure out exactly what's going. Nothing's working is is the issue, I guess. <laughs> but I, I so I'm looking for one specific thing. It's like, well, how about how about everything? Um, but I do wonder if there's anything that maybe he's talked about of like, you know, my changeups aren't working and this, that, and the other. So I wonder if Eno has anything on his changeups. Maybe I'll have to ask him. I hate that guy though. Are we still yeah. are we still recording? Oh no no I stopped okay. about an hour okay, ago. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were just talking. Yeah, we're just having, yeah. I just called you for our. I didn't our realize daily we call. were doing this for everyone. No, 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 this is our daily call, just hanging out and chatting. Uh, all right, so yeah, with with Hendricks right now, I do think you have to ride it out. Um, I I could see some ten leagues, ten team scenarios where you're just up against it uh, because yeah. like ESPN, Yahoo, they have short reserves, and if you've already, you know, he's not on the IL, so there's no potential of putting him there. I I I could see it. I could see it in a ten. I think anything beyond a ten, though, I'm really trying to keep Hendricks and just mm-hmm. reserve him for a little bit. Um, all right, last bit here. I want to talk about your streaming record thus far and just streaming in general. You know, there's a lot of talk about how difficult it is this year because there's been some catastrophic blowups from some guys that, you know, were expected to uh, or, or, or had, had gotten some fantasy buzz the previous week in fab. You know, Gomber's the latest, but there's been a few others as well that, hey, they got a good setup. They've been pitching pretty well. And, you know, I, I think I was clear on the episode on Tuesday, but I was kind of laughing at the whole Gomber thing. But then, like I said, I, I understood why mm-hmm. after the two starts against the two teams they did it against, especially Houston and, and L.A., I, I understood why people took that shot there. But, uh, you know, so it, it didn't work. We'll see if he can salvage it this week. By the way, great play by Brett Phillips and Wright to throw out Tony Kemp and keep it keep it one nothing for McClanahan after he allowed a base hit to, uh, to Canha. Uh, it was an insane throw by there by Brett Phillips. I did not think Tony Kemp was going to be out at all, but that's what happens when you got badass fielders out there. Kiermaier and Phillips, they might not hit too much, but man, they're going to play. They're going to play great in the field. Uh, so yeah, your streaming record. You focus on guys that are fifty percent or lower. Yeah, and CBS, okay. which are typically like twelve-ish team. Yeah, leagues, so they're so. going to be pretty widely available in ten in ten team leagues, especially. Uh, coin flips in 12 teams and then rarely available in 15s, but you're focused on the general population, right? Most people mm-hmm. play 10s and 12s. So these are guys who would be available. I, I think Nick goes like even deeper. And I think it's interesting, right? Because a lot of his analysis focuses on 10 and 12 teams, but then when he does his streaming, it's almost like for 15 plus because he focuses on guys who are like 5% or lower. Um, yeah. But I like what, what you've been doing here. Your roto write up record in 83 and two thirds is a 304 ERA or 301 ERA and a 104 whip with 66 strikeouts. In the, so the strikeouts are a little light, but honestly, who can complain with everything else that you're getting? Uh, take us through some of your some of your streaming this year and how you've been finding it uh, to be for those out there in ten and twelves. I mean, I think it's earlier or sorry, easier to stream a little bit earlier in the season, right? There's there's guys on the waiver wire to start the year 
that are going to end up being rostered in like every league sure. at yep. some point. It's just a matter of identifying those guys quickly. Um, but one of the things I, I mean, I like, I think often one of the big mistakes that people make early in the year in streaming is trying to stream for strikeouts, right? They're like, oh, you know, I want a guy who's going to get me a win and get me a lot of strikeouts. Mm-hmm. I want to do a little bit of the opposite. Obviously, I want to try to identify guys who could potentially get me a win because wins are hard to get. But I'm more concerned about protecting and kind of setting a really strong foundation for my ratios. So that way I can take the gambles if I find myself behind later in the season in strikeouts. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I've had, you know, a blow up or two, you know, I, I, I took Jacob Junis versus Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. They, they put up five earned runs on him. Uh, he only got three strikeouts in that, but I'm trying to identify guys who one, I think can go deep in the games and that aren't going to get blown up. And I usually do that by figuring, looking first at who guys are going up against, obviously. Um, and now is a time in which you can really start to look at team stats uh, and sort it, you know, over on fan graphs by, you know, versus lefties or versus righties and really start to pick on bad teams versus, you know, uh, different handedness. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a lefty, uh, you know, going up against a team like Detroit or a team like Texas um, or a team like oh. Pittsburgh, like. Those are, you know, those are teams or even a, go, a lefty going up against Atlanta. Um, you know, those are teams you can start to go, OK, OK, now I can go, OK, who's pitching against them? Is this guy got some talent? Do I think he can go deep into games? Um, and that's kind of like the beginning of the process. And then it's knowing that there's a reason these guys are on the waiver wire to begin with. Right. Yeah. They're typically not great. Um, and you're just trying to, you know, find, you know, holes or matchups. Yeah, there, there's a, there's a flaw there. Um, anyway, but you're trying to find the best opportunities to to put these guys in. So I totally I totally get that. Um, and like I said, you, you've you've definitely found success there. It's it's right there in mm-hmm. the numbers. As far as like 15 team streaming goes, I, again, no, that's not what you focus on. But have you mm-hmm. been trying it in any of your leagues? Has it been? similar uh, it, it's different right because it is deeper so the thresholds for success you don't have to have a 301 era and a 104 whip in fact you don't even need these good of numbers to make it be successful in 10 and 12 teams you just happen to be having an awesome mm-hmm. run um in, in 15 teams is there viability to it this year i think there is but like we talked about it with the austin gomper situation i'm less likely to just attack a two-starter because it's a two-star, mm-hmm. right? I'm really looking for just individual matchups that I really, really like. Um, and the difference between a, a ten-teamer and a tool, or a ten-teamer, twelve-teamer, and a fifteen-teamer is I'm often looking two weeks ahead. So because you know, it's you don't want to overpay for a spot start or a streamer. Like you know, the last thing you want to do is spend ten percent of your budget on a guy that's going to make one, maybe two starts for you mm-hmm. because that's how you find yourself out of money halfway. Through the <laughs> exactly. Like it just, uh, and so what I tend to like to do is, you know, pull out the calendar, um, and go, okay, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna throw out a random name, 
Uh, I'll throw someone off of my, you know, that I've, I've picked. I've picked Aaron Sanchez a couple times, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not necessarily looking at who Aaron Sanchez is pitching against this week, but I'm going to start mapping out where he's going to be pitching in two weeks. Or really what, uh, what, what I mostly do is I start looking at teams, right? Who's Pittsburgh playing yes. in two weeks? And then, who's and then who Detroit might be available playing in two to weeks? go against them? Yep. Yeah. Who's Washington? Because Washington, had, you know, against right-handed pitchers right now, have has a 276 Woba. They've been dreadful, uh, and Soto's not there. Milwaukee, you know, the Indians, um, Seattle. Like, I, I start mapping out, okay, these, these are the teams they're playing. Let's go look at how these starters match up here. Um, and see, okay, you know, maybe a guy like, uh, Logan Webb or Jeff Hoffman, um, or, you know, and one of the things I saw with Jay Happ recently was he had that start against Pittsburgh and then he had that start against Cleveland. Mm -hmm. And those are two teams that are dreadful against lefties. Um, and so those were guys, that was a guy who was like, okay, not only can I stream him for the first matchup, but likely I could hold on to him and use him again. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's the thing. You know, I've been talking about this idea of like a team streamer, a guy that you're going to just uh, reserve after you play him instead of just cut him back out into the wa- into the free agent pool and let somebody else maybe get him, especially if he's got another start coming up soon that you feel could be nice for him. So totally agree with that. Um, I just have been impressed with how well you've been doing here. So hopefully it's, it keeps going. I, you know, it's gonna be hard to maintain a 301 ERA, but like I said, you've, you've yeah, yeah. Some I mean, room. it's been it's been really nice to start the season, but I also think this shows that you know I think there are a lot of people out in the industry that go, well, streaming is a bad strategy. Why? Oh, because because um, the gomber hits, and then it's like all of a sudden because yeah, because yeah, because you can hit those. But I think it's it's a matter of the way you approach it. You know, I mean, it's like any sort of gamble, right? You go to a casino, and if you're playing roulette and you put all your money on six, yeah, you you might hit big, right? But more often than not, you're going to lose. And so it's the same idea when you're streaming pitchers. It's not about streaming the highest upside pitchers, but it's it's mostly about streaming the highest floors, mm-hmm. right? Guys that I don't feel like it's you know, if you look at the guys and in, in, if you go over the road or write up, um, I now have this link to this doc just there. Right. So it'll be there every after, you know, every article each day and you can look and none of the guys that I've picked for this year, uh, you know, or stream for this year have been, you know, guys that have these massive upsides. Right. That we are like, oh, I might get 10 strikeouts in six innings. No, no. They're all guys that. You know, you're hoping to get five from and, you know, hopefully a strikeout an inning type thing. Um, but that adds up. It's a volume play. Uh, and I think that especially if you're playing in a roto league, obviously head to head points, head to head categories. Sometimes at the end of the week, you're looking for that high upside guy. And that's why I do do like the um, uh, the high risk options that don't factor into to these numbers. Uh, but. Ultimately, if you're if you're talking about streaming for cumulative stats in Roto, I think it's a better strategy often to go for the guys who maybe don't have the highest upside, but aren't necessarily going to hurt you, uh, you know, unless they have just a truly atrocious outing. 
Great way to put it, man. I really think that there's some uh, good info there with regards to streaming. Certainly viable. You have to be willing to, to take some of those hits, though. If you can't stomach the potential downside that you're going to get, guaranteed to get while streaming. Oh, I think Austin Meadows just went yard. Boom. Yeah, hang on. But this oh, is no, to the track. Sorry. One of those that looked like uh... it was way gone and then died. I'm sure it sounded amazing, too, based on those ones. We've just been seeing so many of them this year. Uh, but, yeah, you know, you have to be – you have to have the stomach to take some of the bet because you're going to get crushed. There's going to there's gonna be a and, few crushings out there for sure. But that's why it's important to like set this strong base, right? Yeah. So like if you if you kind of stream some of these guys that maybe aren't, you know, the, uh, you know, high upside, you know, low downside kind of guys and you really set a strong base, you can stomach it. I could stomach the Jacob Junis, you know, five earned run outing. Um, or the Michael Fulmer, you know, four innings, three earned run outing, uh, because I had so many of these five, six innings, one earned run, you know, maybe it only came with three strikeouts, but that's okay. Cause I'm going to volume my way. Yeah, to- I totally, sorry, I was on mute there. <laughs> um, no, I, t- I totally get that. And, you know, I've been, I've been streaming throughout my fantasy career in different league types and you just have to know what you're kind of going for where the risk is take a look at, at your ratios as well and how they how it's going to play too i think some people stream when they don't even have to i've, I've seen people stream that- when they have like a great rotation it's like what are you doing man you're first off you're wasting assets uh with your fab assets secondly you're putting your era and whip at, at risk unnecessarily mm-hmm. So also make sure that you and even need the, to. People want to be involved in it and like make the cool yes. plays, but you might not even be, need to be streaming. I think uh, one of the things that, and it's something I've gotten heat for in, uh, you know, in some of these writer write-up uh, columns I do, is that I'm not afraid to write none. If yeah. I don't think there's a guy that I would start on one of my teams, I'm not going to recommend it. Um, and, you know, and, that's you know sometimes we talk about this like in terms of trading right well the best trade i you know or the the best move i ever made was not making a deal mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. it's the same thing for streaming like sometimes the best decision is to not take that gamble especially so early on in the season because if you did stream austin gomber for the you know for and got and you know ate those what nine earned runs in an inning and two thirds it's going to take a long time to work that off yeah yeah, for sure. Like, you know, I mean, I, I've got my dock open, so I can just, like, you know, put nine earned runs on two innings. So, like, just add it. And that raises my ERA from 3.01 to 3.98. Wow. If I had used Gomber wow. as a streamer. So, That's like, nearly a run, dude. It's, it's, it's less about when you're streaming, it's less about, like, I'm going to get the guy who's going to, like, really help my team as opposed to avoiding the guys that are really, really going to hurt your team. And so sometimes like you'll look at the, you know, because I've got, you know, the date and the the pitcher and who they went up against. You'll notice like the dates, there's not one every day. Yeah. You know, and nor should there. Like, I I agree with that. Like, don't just recommend somebody for recommendations sake, Mm -hmm. because then you're putting you're putting bad info out there that you don't agree with. And then they say, oh, man, we got bit by that today. You're like, I didn't start that guy. Are you crazy? And you you feel like crap with that. Mm -hmm. Like, And that's when I first started doing this, when I first started doing the road to write up five years ago, like part of it was like I had to pick 
a pitcher every day. And when uh, I became kind of the lead guy on it, I went, no, like, let's not do that because it's it's bad strategy and people can't read between the lines that, you know, or decipher when it is a bad play or, it, you know, a day where you should just sit out of it. Yep. Hey, no, I, th- I think that's I think that's well said. And uh, that's where we're going to end today. Good luck out there streaming, folks. Be smart. Do some risk assessment. It's not easy. You will hit landmines even if you're very careful and very smart about Mm -hmm. it. You just got to be – and again, make sure you need to do it. That's my biggest thing. I cannot tell you how many times somebody sent their rotation after they've been streaming. I said, what have you even been doing? (laughs) Are you trying to ruin your Jacob DeGrom numbers? Especially early in the season, right? Yeah, unnecessary risk at that point. You can can make those – you know, bold, risky moves, middle season, end of the season, when you know you need certain yes. things. You, you, but you at this point, the protect your ratios. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Well, keep and also keep reading the road to write up because Justin's putting out good names there that uh, should be available in your leagues. And, uh, you know, that way you can avoid some of those landmines. All right, Justin, mm-hmm. have a good one. I'm going to get back to this uh, McClanahan start here. It looks pretty nice. The stuff is absolutely disgusting. Uh, they, Any walks yet? He did give up a run after that that throwout that I was telling you about. And uh, zero walks, four punches, four hits, a run, three innings. Now, it's 45 pitches. Now, a normal race you know, rookie would probably be out after this. They said it's going to be a standard starter. It's not going to be follower, piggyback stuff. This will be, I mean, the next two innings I was if gonna he say, stays in. I would yeah. hope for two more innings here to believe them because I'm already seeing a big chat here between some folks in the industry and uh, Brad Johnson, you know, saying that this is a reliever profile. He's not wrong, by the way. A lot of people have said that's a reliever profile, but I'm taking the Rays at their word right now and we'll kind of see where it goes. Scott Jenstead, Brad, and Brock Ness Monster are discussing what his price should be on the weekend and Obviously, with every with every nasty gif that uh, Alex Fast and Nick Pollock put up of that 100 mile an hour heater with disgusting movement, add like 10 bucks to his to, to yeah. his uh, thing. And if he goes, he's two more unpriced innings, out. Yeah, if he goes two more innings and allows like only one run with another three or four strikeouts, it's over for these hoes. So he's gonna go for like mm-hmm. 250 plus for sure. So yeah. uh, we'll see how it goes. But uh, good luck on your weekend episode, and I'll talk to you next week. Take it easy.